Welcome back, everybody. This is kind of our interlude episode between seasons one and two of Leverage for Let's Go Steal a Podcast. Corey Eckert is here with me again to talk about Ocean's 8. We finally got our acts together, <laughs> made our schedules work, and um, I was only, I wasn't late. I, I ran into the theater just as the previews ended, slid into my seat. You got to miss Tom Cruise being too old to make Mission Impossible movies and also too creepy and part of a cult. Yes. That being said, when it comes out on DVD at the library, I probably will still watch it. Because then no money goes to the Church of Scientology. Yeah. And I still get to see Simon Pegg, my celebrity best friend. And Ving Rhames, who I also love. I feel like Travis McElroy is my celebrity best friend. See, that's a good celebrity best friend to have. I don't know if he counts as a celebrity, but... Uh, he totally does. He has a book out. He had a TV show. He's part of a podcast empire. Travis McElroy, be our friend. Be our friend. Yeah, you don't even have to be my best friend. Though it is a tier. There's lots of room. Mindy told us it was a tier, and she was right. Exactly. Speaking of Mindy, she's in this show, or this movie. Speaking yes. of crushing, ugh, everyone, <laughs> I have a crush on every single person in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was very alarming. And poor Christina uh, listened to me gasp out loud multiple times during the film because I was surprised by my own gayness. <laughs> I was, I like, to be honest, I was anticipating it. Like, as I thought back, after I saw it the first time, I was like, Corey's going to love this so much. But you I made like, some like borderline inappropriate noises. Um, so I that know. was that was fun to sit next to. <laughs> Look, and I don't I don't blame you for any of those noises. And, um, and you are a person who likes ladies. And I very specifically, I will say a, a lady who likes ladies because I don't know. I'm sure that dudes who like ladies would be attracted to the women in this film because they are all extraordinarily attractive, but there is a very sapphic vibe to the whole film in general, and uh, there is something a little gay about all of them. Well, very little of it, I thought, was shot, was, was for the male gaze. Right. You know, there are a couple like up the body shots, but for the most part, like the way the women walk, the way they talk, they it's not intended specifically for a male audience. Yeah, it reminded me a lot leaving it of um, when watching the new Ghostbusters in that like afterward, I was like, oh, that's a movie for women about women, not in a in a way that we don't normally see. Like a lot of times movies that are for women are like how Stella got her groove back kind of like which like god bless them I'm a huge romance reader I'm a huge fan of the rom-com I watch every single Hallmark movie that they put out all year long and it's nice to see movies about women doing other jobs mm-hmm. where yeah romance and finding the the one is not centered well let's I didn't write out my notes I I said I was going to and I didn't but uh we can kind of piece through the the plot loosely without i mean this is going to be a spoilery review yeah conversation like whatever we do 
I would also say, so it was, I do agree that it's, it's a woman, it's a film about women for women, but I also think like if what you liked about the ocean, the oceans, 11 movies, 11, 12 and 13, if what you liked was that it was a heist movie with lots of interesting characters, then you're going to like this. And if you don't like it just because there are women in it, then you have other issues. Yeah. But if you're I, going to I will like, say that like, I mean, I said this to you at the end of the movie, like it was about 8,000 times better because of just being a film with all women, like being that exact same film as Ocean's Eleven, except with all women in it. Mm-hmm. Um, partly because the heist genre is kind of oversaturated with dude films. And mm-hmm. also because I think like the world in general, but also 2018 in particular is like super oversaturated with like men, menning mentally about. <laughs> yeah sort of like what Danny Ocean is about. Yeah. <laughs> He's a man manning about. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Danny Ocean, I feel, has... Uh, he's a presence in this movie, even if yeah. George yeah. Clooney is not actually present. So uh, the movie starts out with Debbie Ocean, played by Sandra Bullock, uh, sitting at her parole hearing in prison and telling the parole officials you know, what she plans to do when she gets out and how she will not fall back into a life of crime. She was just with the wrong person. And, you know, she's just been thinking about living the simple life, which mirrors the beginning of the first of the oceans of oceans 11, uh, because that's when Danny is at his parole hearing as well. Um, But nobody's waiting for him and her in a car when she, when she gets out. She gives a great performance um, wearing far more eyeliner and mascara than anyone would be able to get a hold of in prison. And as she's leaving, uh, she assures the guard who gives her her stuff that, in fact, um, they, the, she'll, the, their con that they're running in prison will still continue and the guard will still get her cut. So Yeah, but don't smoke it. Sell it. Uh, which, yeah, because you leaned over and you were like, how did she get that much eyeliner? And I, I said... Well, it's the permanent marker thing from Orange is the New Black, but it's also because she's been running yeah. inside. So she is obviously has contraband cosmetics. So I was like, yeah, I can buy that. Um, sure. and, and, you know, they give her back the clothes that she was arrested in, which is this like beautiful formal dress <laughs> with like beading and like net. So there's like sheer parts of it and oh, this long trench coat. And she just like walks out and hands it thing going on yeah. yeah yeah and it fits her perfectly because her mm-hmm. body weight has not fluctuated at all <laughs> and she just walks out she's like oh she's like what did she say i have 40 dollars. i could go anywhere anywhere yeah and then she proceeds to do that yeah. she goes um walks right back into new york city yeah and uh walks into bergdorf goodman and yeah. uh proceeds to pull a con on the unsuspecting cashier trying to i loved that trying to return some items that she just bought or she'd bought the week before but in fact had just shopped moments earlier yeah, she like literally just like picked them up at the counter next to her it's a great like short montage of her um that that establishes her character <sighs> like and her swagger like that she so she she gets all this stuff from bergdorf's and then she like pulls this con at the hotel where she's like gets a free night stay that, con, that was amazing it's brilliant and it's so like seamless and she just like slides into it and it doesn't take a second of thought 
and mm-hmm. she's the like like con man short for confidence man is like this is debbie ocean is exists within like pure confidence and swagger yeah um and it's a pretty short montage of like how she gets all well you know what i mean you're like how where how's she gonna get anywhere it's 40 bucks and oh yeah like my first thought was like oh my god like that's horrible and then she doesn't have a whatever brad pitt's character because he's waiting for danny when he gets out of jail um yeah she just kind of walks off and personally i would have been standing outside the prison like what but yeah it's just seamless you can tell she's done similar jobs like does elwood right yeah it's a, yeah where's my where's my elwood to pick me up from prison <laughs> yeah so yeah so she she's conned her way into um a beautiful hotel for the night and she she's refla- relaxing in a bubble bath and you see her looking at this list that she has of things to do uh and the next morning she right she goes straight to this uh, mausoleum and yes. that's where we find out that danny ocean has passed away and she says she like looks at it she's like you better be in there so yes. The way that before that she gets we before that we get this um this scene of um oh yeah Kate yeah Blanchard, yeah that's right. yes who's overseeing a basement of women who are watering down um she's just like she's running a club uh, she is like has this brilliant shag hair and oh just like these like suits um, every outfit she, she wears <laughs> is mind-blowing i saw someone in a um in a lesbian murderino facebook group refer to it that like that look of that like evan rachel wood and janelle monet and Kate blanchett in this movie wear as a dapper dyke mm. and, uh yeah um uh i'm about that yeah. Like, <laughs> no. um, it's like an adorable like i don't know if it's supposed to be adorable but it's an adorable title i think i know no i was you know uh you like can't waste your eyes anyway uh that's Debbie, the only part that bothered me was like the bangs and the eyes like it looks great but i know it would really bother me I know. it would drive me insane um debbie sends for this hilarious text about like where the fuck is the cemetery <laughs> yes and she's like <laughs> She's like happy to see you too, or whatever. Miss and her you. Debbie's Debbie's name and her phone is Jailbird, <laughs> which is great. Yes, so that happens first. Um, you don't know anything about their relationship at this point, just that yeah, her obscure text messages that get Kate Blanchett's character to immediately pop, Lou, her is her name, to get Lou to immediately like pop to yeah i i noticed the because this is the when i saw it with you it was the second time uh that her list you don't get a chance to scan the whole thing but the very first thing on it it says b b e f f like bff so the first thing on the list was to get lou on board yeah um, so yeah so she's it's so great um but oh but also like lou at the very beginning she's uh like looking through a magazine that's talking about uh, like it's a motorcycle magazine and it's talking about touring the the west coast and going up the pch the pacific coast highway and 
you know, while she's like telling all the the women who are <laughs> filling the vodka bottles with water, like, come on, come on, it's 930, we got to go. Uh, so that kind of tells you a little bit more about her character, especially later on. Yes. Uh, then we, yeah, we're back in the, the mausoleum and uh, <laughs> Debbie has kind of confronted her brother's uh, crypt. Crypt? Yeah, so yes, Danny is in this movie. As far um, as, as far we as know. As yeah. far as anyone knows, Danny's dead. He's there, he has a crypt in a mausoleum and it the the death date on it is twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. Debbie seems only mildly convinced that he is actually passed away. Yeah. Uh, um, one uh one of the other tombs, crypts, whatever they're called, drawers, I don't know, uh plaques. <laughs> there uh in the mausoleum is uh, for a uh what's her name helga meyer which is sandra bullock's mom so she's nearby and then she hears someone coughing and it's ruben from the oceans 11 12 and 13 movies and he was he was sent by the rest of the crew to like check up on her and he's trying to warn her off from doing some uh big score and we don't know anything about that yet. Um, but Danny, Danny approved of it. Danny said it would it would be a great job or something. I, yeah, I mean, he's. But he said sometimes sometimes knowing that it'll work is as satisfying as actually pulling the job. And she's like, he's like no, it's yeah, that's a that's a lie. That's bullshit. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Bye. And then she's like, you're looking sharp. And we hear um, a horn honk outside. And it's Lou. Now it's Lou. Now it's Lou. So they have a little reunion. Just hugs. That's all. Yeah. You know, I'm going to say they're not explicitly ex-lovers in this movie, but they're not explicitly not ex-lovers in this movie. I 100% agree. Like, I feel like they're... I can't decide if they were lovers then friends or if they were friends then lovers and then decided that didn't work and that but that didn't affect their friendship at all. Yeah, I mean I feel like there's for sure room to head canon without being directly anti-canon that they slept together for a while and then decided Yeah, which There's even picture. some there's even some wording later that leaves it very open-ended. There's yeah. lots of, uh, there are a lot of uh, vague things. So when Debbie's in her uh, parole interview, she says, I fell for the wrong person. Like yeah. she doesn't say I fell for the wrong guy. And and then later she says, Lou and I were in a, were in a rough patch, which I was like, yeah. uh, no, they were definitely like, you don't say rough patch unless you mean romantically right. relationship wise. Exactly. Like that's he goes on to explain that they were like having a hard time with cons, but it the way that it's worded, I don't know. I think that I'm for sure like very sensitive to fear baiting, but I feel like this movie is more um is more like playfully winking mm-hmm. and queer than it is like queer baiting in the way that supernatural or i would yeah i would 100% agree um i can't speak to the writers or the creators or the actors at all but 
it didn't, yeah, it didn't feel like, is it going to happen? And like getting your hopes up, but more, yeah, just, we kind of know what we're, we're saying here and it's, it's coded, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Debbie has to talk Lou into this job, which she's, a, she's apparently always been able to do just by kind of starting with, you know, one enticing thing and making Lou want to know more about the job. And then that ropes her in. And this job, the thing that ropes her in is jewels, lots of shiny, shiny jewels. Oh, many beautiful jewels. Yes. Um, so uh debbie wants to steal this necklace this cartier necklace that is a monstrosity of diamonds six pounds pounds of diamonds that is worth uh, an estimated 150 million dollars that cartier has had in a vault for 50 years um and she wants them to get it out of the vault for her uh so that she can steal it at the met gala at the Met Gala. And she is going to get a um, famous up-and-coming ingenue actress to wear it. Uh, played by Anne Hathaway. Can we call okay. Anne Hathaway an ingenue anymore? I feel like that's kind of the part that she's playing in the movie. Like, okay. Anne Hathaway has not been an ingenue for 15 years. Yeah. Um, when she was like, I would say an Ella Enchanted, maybe, or like right after we don't, that. We don't speak of that movie. You don't like it. I hate Ella Enchanted. I Have you read the book? Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, the movie is trash. I'm so I angry know. still. Elle West is so good in it. No. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Uh, I feel like, so yes, I, I, I do love Ellen Enchanted and all the Gail Carson Levine books. Um, and I think Gail is a very lovely human every time I've met her. Um, I, so, but yeah, so Anne Hathaway herself as like Anne Hathaway mm-hmm. is uh, not old by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and I also think personally brilliantly talented and beautiful. And yes. I don't understand why she hates her so much because I think that she's fascinating. Yeah, I, um, yeah um and hot but um (laughs) in this movie she's playing like kind of an up-and-comer and and she has kind of a uh she has kind of a rivalry with a young actress who is like uh emma roberts who oh yeah elle finning not dakota dakota fanning i think it's dakota yeah it's one of the fannings one of the fanning girls reminds me of like you know there's all of those like um the little olsen and yeah, all the olsons um yeah yes those little uh little dynasties yeah <laughs> of wayfish women like the um, blonde women who are yeah um emma yeah. roberts um yeah so yeah. so she's having like a rivalry with this woman so they want uh, to get this in this place she's kind of an entrepreneur yeah so that, yeah that makes sense so uh we want to get this necklace on Anne Hathaway's neck uh her character is named oh gosh her character Daphne Daphne Kruger that's right and but to to be able to control what she's going to wear on her neck they need to 
be in, you know, have her designer on their side. So they have to go find a designer. Uh, and I love, there's multiple scenes like this where Lou and Debbie are sitting at the poker table in this, their awesome headquarters, which I just adore this place, even though apparently heating it is atrocious. Um, <sighs> and there's multiple scenes that I don't know if you noticed, but like almost in almost everyone, Cable and Chet has something different on her head. Like in one of the scenes, she has this like rabbit mask, like plastic rabbit, rabbit mask, and she takes it off and puts it down. And there's like another one where she just has like, like a something wrapped around her head, like a napkin or something. I'm distracted by watching Sandra Bullock eat in every scene because so, she's an ocean. But and it's well, no, Brad Pitt eats in every scene. Oh, you're in right. The oceans. It's not right, Danny, right. but also Sandra Bullock eating in movies is like one of my favorite things ever. Like her eating a donut in Miss Congeniality, her eating all the time in two weeks' notice. Like I love watching Sandra the Bullock, thing, and it makes me very happy on many levels. Yeah. So so they're anyways back to the designer. They're trying. To, trying to decide a designer and they're just going through vogues uh old vogues and they decide on a designer who was popular in the 90s uh her name is rose weil or rose vile if you're going to uh use like the german pronunciation but she's irish so maybe you don't want to um and she's um, played yeah. she's they go back and forth different people call her yeah. vile and while uh, she's important because um ugh. Daphne is like the face of the Met Gala this year. And so whatever she wears has to be approved by Anna Winter. And Anna Winter is friends with Rose. Um, yes. And so I know that they'll get Anna Winter's approval, but also because <laughs> Rose is in extraordinary debt to the IRS. She owes so like five million dollars. <laughs> yes. And her so current her current line's not doing well either. It's very bad. It looks like bad 70s um, um, airplane stewardess. Yeah, it's supposed to be like Pan Am, Pan Am yeah. stewardesses. Yeah. Uh, no. So is played to the hilt as just the only way that she does it by Helena Bonham Carter. Um, <laughs> She's so good. Helena Bonham Carter <laughs> is the first woman that I ever knew I like liked girls. Uh, I saw a room with a view. Okay, I was like, in, in what? Okay, yes. Naked. And I was like, oh shit. I had feelings. This was, I didn't even really know that that's what ha was happening because I didn't realize, I didn't put together that like, I felt differently about naked girls and other people until I saw Goodwill Hunting and was like, Minnie Driver is way, way, way hotter than Matt Damon and no one can convince me otherwise. But yeah. People who are straight do not think that Hannah Bottom Carter is hotter than Carrie Elwes. But I was like, oh man, I love this movie and I'm going to watch it a thousand times. <laughs> Trying to decide. First thing for like a 13 year old to watch a merchant. I was a weird 13 year old, but like, that's a. It's, so it's I, a watched, I watched the preview for that movie yeah. a million times because it was at the beginning of like the VHS for. I want to say either an ideal husband, mm -hmm. which also starred Mini Driver and Kate Blanchett, um, or yeah. the the '96 Emma, both of which I watched so much I had memorized. Um, mm. But yeah, I watched it a lot, and every time I watched it, I was like, 
that is a very dramatic movie. <laughs> and I never actually yeah, saw dramatic. it. It made me a gay. So <laughs> there you go. Um, Helena Bonham Carter. So, but then, but in recent years, I have been upset with Helena Bonham Carter because uh, I deeply dislike the way that she plays <laughs> Bellatrix. Lestrange. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think Bellatrix is a really, really, really scary bitch. And I think that Helena, like, did a little too much, oh, I'm crazy. Played her a little camp. Yeah, for mm-hmm. someone who's, like, as evil and menacing as, as Bellatrix. Just my opinion, I know okay. it's not popular. Interesting, interesting. I don't think I've ever heard anybody have qualms. I think she was a little too, I'm Helena Bonham Carter <laughs> in this part that's, like, really, really menacing and terrifying. Mm. Uh, I think it took away from, like, the emotional gravitas of, like, the later being killed by a badass Molly And I'm mad about it. Okay. I'm mad about many things. But that, um, that's okay. So, that's okay. So that, that energy that has been bringing to film in the last, like, 20 years, um, since Fight Club or whatever, uh, and especially while married to Tim Burton. Mm-mm. She's like really good in Sweeney Todd, um, is perfect for this role of Rose because she's like super flighty, like super. <laughs> she's so perfect. And they don't, I, I love that they, they give her, when they put her in situations where she's talking to one of the actresses, they give her a little bit of direction, but they don't really tell her what's going to happen or what she can expect. They're like, someone's going to come up to the table. You're going to recognize her. Um, you're going to want to hold her left hand. If she has a tattoo, you're going to, <laughs> you're going to admire it. And then, you know, the fanning girl um, sits down and she's like, Oh, I know you. <laughs> you're really good. Um, yeah. And that's how they like, draw in Daphne Kruger because she has this rivalry with her and they see her and she sees her in the tabloids and she is upset that this designer might dress this this young ingenue mm-hmm. and why haven't we looked at her? Why didn't we bring her in? Uh, so she's going to snatch her up. And then they... <laughs> so then they arrange a meeting with Daphne where... Rose is not supposed to like make a lot of eye contact and supposed to be like really cold and standoffish, but it's not Rose, by nature a cold and standoffish person. Yeah. And when she's and you think like she'd be used to celebrities at this point, but she's like, oh, and she like stands up and like bows or curtsies or tries to like yeah. kiss her hand yeah. or something weird. Um, and then so, and this is great because there were some some pictures that. I went around on Twitter that were like outtakes from this, but uh, Lou and Debbie are outside the window, like blowing bubbles with like straight faces and like joking around. And there's one where they're, they posted where they're each holding um, a cutout picture of Anne Hathaway's face. And they're like, just like looking in the window and then they like turn and look at each other. And then they like lean the pictures together. So they're like kissing. (laughs) Oh, it was so good. So whenever I see that scene, I'm just like imagining that the outtakes are like, oh, it's so great. Um, and and it works. They they hooked Daphne Kruger, so uh, Rose is going to design her dress for the the Met Gala. Then they've got to get some more f- people on board. Who do they who do they get next? They get their hacker. Yes. Or did they get their jeweler? 
No, I think it's a hacker first. Yes. I think that Brianna is the next person who shows up. No, I think Mindy is. And then when she's come back from getting Mindy and she complains about the train, Nymal is there. So, yeah, I think that's it. And then, and then we get Constance and then Tammy. Yeah. I think so. Mindy Kaling, there's only one famous person named Mindy. Uh, (laughs) That's true. There's only one Mindy. Mindy Kaling, uh, light of my life, crush of my forever. Who mentioned who mentioned that there should be an oceans an all female oceans eleven movie in her book? Is everyone hanging out without me? So um, a brilliant she's, she's precious on audio because she's yes, and it's so it's, it's really good. I love her um, voice so much. So good. So she is a jeweler and she's working for her mom and her mom's little shop and her mom is like constantly comparing her to her sister and trying to get her to put like two high upgrades on diamonds and generally making her crazy mm-hmm. and Debbie comes back into her life and offers her <laughs> enough of a cut on this job to not have to live with her mother ever again yes and she's and, like i'm in like yeah um, her name is um amita or amita uh i just on my way home today listen to um one of my other favorite podcasts besides this one um which is daisy geek girls which is preeti chibber and swapna krishna mm-hmm. and they just they talk about their their favorite geeky things whatever they're into at the moment um and they have like themed stuff and uh, kind of their perspective on it as uh, south asian women and <laughs> preeti talked about oceans eight Swapna had not seen it yet, but Preeti, and this is the only reason why I would know this, is uh, she said that Mindy's Hindi accent and pronunciation was horrible. She said it was really, really bad. And that um, they should have just had her like yell back at her in English because that's what all first generation kids do, which like, you know, knowing other people who who speak English and their, their parents don't speak English very well, like that's what it is. Like they speak to you and your first language and then you answer in english um so i was like oh okay well that's good to know it's it's a really nice perspective to have um but how that would have been really daunting to be like mindy kaling and she's like oh now i have to speak hindi in this movie and like be this representative of yeah entire like you know generation of indian american people don't yeah. In a major role. I mean, she's it's it's her and Padma Lakshmi and uh, yeah, I mean Priyanka Chopra, but yeah. she's more just on TV right now. Oh, and what is the very beautiful woman's name who was in Bride and Prejudice? Yes, uh, Aishwarya. I can't Warrior say Rai. Rai. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, she should be in more. She really should. I think she still does just more in Bollywood more Bollywood stuff yeah um, yeah uh, so she she's on board and I'm very excited and it's yeah. uh it's also obvious that they've known each other because she says you know I'm sorry to hear about Danny and and we find out uh because uh Debbie mm-hmm. says I'm sorry I'm sorry but hear about your dad so apparently the Oceans and Amita's family have worked together in the past yeah uh, and she even says like you know I want to I want you 
for a job and she says, oh, do you want to move some diamonds through the business? So obviously right. they've had this arrangement before. Laundered some diamonds as well. Yeah. Um, so the, she gets back to their home base and uh, Rihanna is there chilling in the living room, which is not a thing that would freak you out at all in terms of like, oh, this uh, Rihanna I don't know that I ever noticed this. I mean, I knew that she was beautiful, but like seeing her on a movie screen, very, very, very large and close <laughs> up, her face is like so beautiful that it's more than human. Like she's evolved <clears throat> further than the rest of us. Yes. I kept and, saying she's like an alien. Like she's so beautiful. She's unearthly. We're going to get there eventually, but we're not, the rest of us are not there yet. Yeah. In terms I mean, of, Beauty and Rihanna. <laughs> yeah. So, there. <laughs> yes. Thank you for that. She and laundry. She um mm. is there like obnoxious, cocky hacker kid who uh goes by nine ball and when pressed about her nickname or real name says it's eight ball. So she was Hold on, Nightball. Um, and can hack anything. Yeah, uh, and then she, as Debbie is freaking out because she wanted someone more, you know, I guess professional. She's like lighting up this epic joint, like it's so yeah. huge. Yeah. Um, and before that, when they're before we meet Nightball, um, Debbie and Lou are discussing getting a hacker and she's she's like all of these hackers are russians she's like yeah and all of the russians are hackers yeah Which, and we laughed oh, and then we were oh. i think it was like the the 12 indictments had just come down like that day or the day before when we went to see the movie and so it was like oh was god really this, <laughs> this is funny but also really deeply not funny yeah it's we laugh so we don't cry kind of situation yeah yeah so we have our hardison uh, (laughs) exactly in in rihanna beautiful dreadlocks and um now we need a pickpocket Mm. we need a pickpocket and uh lou knows somebody and Debbie's not super impressed. Because three card um, Monty is not yeah, that uh, impressive. Not not super impressed by Constance's show. Um, but they apparently there is a high turnover in pickpockets. <laughs> so um they pick Constance up and take her to the subway. Not 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 the metro to, to subway to get a sandwich. <laughs> Which I'm like, is this product placement? Like there's we all know that that's definitely a subway. We can yeah. see the colors. We can see, like, we know exactly what it's like to be in any subway anywhere. Um, and then later, there's a character who eats a sandwich. And I was like, is that another subway sandwich? But it was a different logo on the wrapper. So I was like, oh, I was like, they should have had some tie-in and, like, it worked it, it get an Ocean's 8-inch want- sub or something. It worked. It made me want a subway. Um, so yeah, uh, Constance picks their watches off of them in the mm-hmm. middle of the subway and, 
uh, Debbie's like, fine, whatever. It's fine. Yeah. She's good. She's good. Um, and she's and she's a woman because she rejects yeah. a guy at some point. She's like, oh, not him. Because he's a him. He's a him him? No, just he's a him. I don't want a him. Because sa- she says, um, women don't get noticed. Men get noticed. Women don't get noticed. And this time we don't want to get noticed. They need to be invisible. Yeah. So now they have their pickpocket. They've got their um, their Parker. And sort of. Yeah. Also kind of socially awkward. Yeah. Constantly. Yeah. <laughs> She's also so funny. Amazing. But but a little <laughs> bit of that, like, uh, I care more about stuff than people. And I'm mm-hmm. not great with people. Yeah, she's like, uh, can I get a, a Metro card? I'm, yeah, I'm skateboarding down from Queens every day. and uh, Or the Bronx? I don't remember, but it, whatever it was. Rows. And she's just like, and so Debbie gives her a 20. She's like, it's just like one trap. <laughs> she's like, I'll yeah. tell you what, if we, we pull this off, I'll buy Metro cards for everybody. Cool. <laughs> very good. Very enjoyable. Constance. Uh, uh, and, and so we and have now we almost need, everybody. yeah, we've got, yeah, almost everybody. Now we need, we need a fence that's what we need and then enters the beautiful the wonderful sarah paulson the the actually gay yes the actually openly gay actually openly gay um not ambiguous dating holland taylor uh aka the um the hard-ass law professor from legally blonde (laughs) which is what i know and love her the most from and she's not in the movie sadly i know but yeah so uh tammy uh sarah paulson's character is living out in the suburbs somewhere in a beautiful house and living that idyllic stay-at-home mom lifestyle making a protein smoothie while her child rhythmically hits a throws a ball against a wall in her formal dining room (laughs) This is real parenting life. Yes. yes. Um, she's Did bored out of her. This was, I don't know. I, I worried. I was like, is this coming off as like anti stay at home mom, like anti motherhood? No, I just think, um, I mean, maybe, but I don't know. I'm a mom who would be, I'm a mom who would also be like bored bonkers and like probably getting into criminal enterprises if I had chosen to stay at home with my kids. Yeah. Um, I think like that's absolutely the right decision for them and they're super happy. But I think it's really clear that this character is not meant to be a stay at home mom and has like tried to give up her criminal past because she thinks it's like the correct polite society thing to do. Mm-hmm. But her garage is filled with stolen shit that she's trying to fence. <laughs> Which like I love. Piles of Roombas <laughs> and like racks of bikes and um, more instant pots than even I own. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm not selling them. They're not stolen. I'm cooking with them. Um, <laughs> but um, so Debbie's like, uh, you're not out of business. And also like, you, this is not the right life. yeah i do think so i I worry that that's kind of 
was going to come across is that it was like anti-stay-at-home mom. Like, it's so boring. Why would you do this when you could be a criminal? Right. Um, and it, for this character, I think it was, but also like they show several times that she is still present in her kid's life. Like she has conversations with them while she's working and like explains things to them and is really sweet and is obviously like loving and caring for them. She doesn't like roll her eyes or, you know, act uh, dismissive of them at any point. She says yeah. sweetie way too many times, but I think that she shows herself to be happier and paying better attention to her kids when she's working. Cause when she's at home, she's just like, Oh, can you take that outside? And like, yeah, babe, mom will make dinner in a minute. But mm-hmm. once she's working, she's having like real involved conversations <laughs> with them. Uh, That's true. And she has something new to talk to them about. Like, Oh yeah. Mommy's job is I do this, this, and this, even though she can't actually describe what her job is. Um, Mommy finds new toys and uh, gives them to good homes. Best because she explains that, and then she opens up this giant delivery box with a very state of the art three D printer inside of it. Mm-hmm. Prince cubic zirconium. Yeah, three D prints cubic zirconium. So cool. And the first thing they print is Michelangelo's David in a maquette, which was what. <laughs> season finale of leverage was about <laughs> i learned from listening to that episode does not they don't actually exist they were all destroyed they don't they don't exist yeah uh i'll listen to this podcast even when i'm not on it awesome i accidentally started listening to that episode today i was like i'm listening to the podcast i spoke on and then edited and now <laughs> listening to it again because i'm a narcissist and i wanted it also to have uh, a, a play <laughs> for the stats because i like that uh so so now we've got the, this 3d printer that prints cubic zirconium and that is how we're going to fake the jewels that's how we're gonna fake the diamonds for the toussaint which is the um the necklace and i think we kind of go straight into rose and daphne's oh wait we haven't met our like main antagonist yeah so we find out a little more about how well we found out exactly how uh debbie ended up in prison but first we see her it's actually one of the first things she does when she gets back to their their lair their headquarters um she goes up and goes through her clothes that lou has has moved for her and has also borrowed and yeah. she dresses up this beautiful dress and a very useless silk overcoat. It was like a robe. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what are you doing with that? Silk, white silk trench coat. Okay. Um, and she goes to a, a to an art gallery. And there uh, we see, um, wow, I can only, yes, sorry. I was like, there we see Mr. Thornton from <laughs> North and South. No, uh, played he played Mr. Thornton, but uh, Richard Armitage uh, is um, Claude Becker, and this is his gallery. And she he sees her from across the room as he's chatting up a girl, and pull out bullshitting this girl and oh, trying God. to sell him on the idea that he has multiple galleries that don't actually exist yet, which she is calling him out on. She is, and I really appreciated that that um Mm. yeah it's not just the our criminal women who are are wise to 
to his bullshit now, but um, also just everyday women who are just like, no. So you only have the one gallery is what you're saying. But yeah, so she he sees her and is just immediately terrified and tries to make a run for it, but she corners him with a shiv. Yeah. Yeah. With an actual shiv from prison made out of a, a toothbrush. toothbrush. And yeah, it just is vaguely um, sexy and threatening. And yeah. <laughs> she's like in in the slammer we, or something like that. In the slammer we call people like you pretty boys. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, what? Yeah. Uh she uh she cuts off on his buttons mm-hmm. and leaves like this was a dumb move. You could not have gotten like let him know that whatever. Um he's like, I don't care. Um <laughs> And it becomes clear to Lou pretty early on that uh, that Debbie is, is going to rope Claude into this con somehow to pin it on him because she has to have multiple layers um, mm. to a con. She can't just let it go and be the con that'll work. Yeah. Uh, um, but Debbie assures her it's going to be fine. We're not going to go to prison. It's going to be all right. We'll send to prison. I also do love that um, when Debbie is telling Lou about her plan to steal from the Met Gala, uh, she's talking about, you know, I had all this time in prison, like five years, whatever months, whatever days. And she's like, but sometimes it got a little loud. There was like five women to a, you know, a cell. So I, I got myself thrown into solitary so I could think. And that's when I figured it out. And she ran over and over and over. And so she's convinced that she's got it run without a hitch. Which, yeah. of course, she does not. No, because it wouldn't be, wouldn't be interesting right. if there weren't some right. little trip-ups. Um, right. So, yeah. So, so she gets involved in this shenanigans by, well, first she gets our friend sarah paulson a job at vogue yes where sarah is got um has got uh all of the plans for the seating and all of this insider info and finds out that that daphne does not have a date for the met gala which is perfect yeah because it is very handsome and very charming if you've only met him for 10 minutes and um so she gets uh them together at an event and founders banquet or something suddenly claude is coming to the met gala to be daphne's guest of honor which is uh playing directly into debbie's hands yeah um meanwhile uh Rose is trying desperately to get this stupid necklace out of the vault. <laughs> that was uh, so and great. The party are not interested in getting it out of the vault because it's an extremely expensive necklace. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has these very Mission Impossible, speaking Mission Impossible, these very Mission Impossible glasses that scan the specs of the necklace and wirelessly transmit them to the 3d printer which mm-hmm. then prints an exact replica which is yeah. um 
I mean, science is amazing, but I don't think that the world has those glasses. I don't but. care. I love it so much. I it's like it's like half the things on leverage, you know, you could do, and half the things I'm like, yeah. I don't care. The science doesn't matter to me. Um, I, I'm actually I'm happier if it doesn't exist because yeah. then it's not happening. It would be every day. but yeah. In Helena Bonham Carter's hands, they're um, they're totally harmless unless you're Cartier. Um, yeah. And so she does she and Mindy go to view this necklace and do a whole melodramatic scene about needing to see it in sunlight so that they can get a Wi-Fi signal. <laughs> you wanted to see it in the light. Oh, oh um, yes. And Before that, that scene is so great because a buddy cop movie with just the two of them yeah. run around with something with the dresses and diamonds because... <laughs> Uh, it's so good yeah um i loved right before that when they're trying to convince them to to let them have access to it and and every other kind of scene that rose has been trying to con somebody she's just been bumbling and she doesn't know what she's doing and that's sort of how this one starts like she's like "Hmm." and um amita is is kind of you know like leading her along like what you should say and then all of a sudden in this scene she uh He's the the like uppity French guy from Cartier says something snotty and she like oh she says people don't even know how to say Cartier anymore and he's like oh French is hard and she's like no it's not really in French and then just like speaks to him in French and is suddenly so self-possessed and she's like you know what this is your chance to make like this necklace isn't doing you any good in this vault you need to be viral and this on the neck of Daphne Kruger will make this whole new generation of people fall in love with Cartier and he's like damn <laughs> and then he yeah. lets them at the necklace yeah and it's great when it's she gets like good. she gets like really close to it with the the glasses and she's just moving around and Amita's like this is her process well, <laughs> must- he's like a tiny strange bird <laughs> and he makes these sort of little these little noise chirping noises and her hair it like has its own life force and like she's she's just like not i mean she's a strange bird in the like colloquial sense also she's like a bird also she's literally like a bird like a tiny bird um and so it's like (laughs) image and so all of her scenes are this sort of like um, they really have played to that, like not just the like crazy-eyed, over-the-top melodrama that Ted, that Tim Burton always puts out of place, but like the the Helena Bonham Carter that you see, like on the red carpet, wearing ridiculous things and like wandering around London, looking like a bag lady with her children, and generally <laughs> like kind of being an odd duck. Like that's that's who Rose is, which is pretty great. That's I love her as a human <laughs> um, this is helena bottom carter uh appreciation hour yeah i love her wait so where are we now okay so they've got the necklace they've got daphne they've got um we've got tammy at vogue who tammy is, at- um oh a thing about her interview at vogue i love it the the woman interviewing her says oh you're so well qualified for this it's almost like you're too well qualified and then 
you know, immediately she's like, oh, well, can you be too well qualified for the Met Gala? And, and the woman like, is like, it's the gala. It's the gala, which is so great because she knew immediately the way that I can make her think I'm not yeah. too qualified is to just one small, stupid mistake. And I'm yeah. like, oh, it was seamless. Um, and she doesn't like stress about it because she's a yeah. goddamn professional. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she also, and she's so sweet every time she's like, oh, I'm sorry. Because Sarah Paulson has the sweetest voice. Like just the nicest, sweetest voice. Mm-hmm. And she says, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I noticed that we don't have a nutritionist. Like this caterer doesn't have a nutritionist. And I had right. a client who got sued. And we have all these special menu items like gluten-free and vegan and all these things. And I just don't want us to get in trouble. So I really think we need this extra staff person. And I know someone. <laughs> she just yeah. moved here from Australia. And she's great. And while she's saying that, we see Lou by a remote controlled submarine yeah which <laughs> you're like what yeah which um, you're like what and then immediately forget i feel like i should know this information mm-hmm. is kate blanchett actually from australia yes okay one of her first acting um credits was in a commercial for tim tams nice which if you've ever had tim tams what a great first acting gig <laughs> And you can look it up on YouTube, and it is, like, from the late 80s, early 90s, and it is so adorable. But, yeah, she's... I didn't think her... She was, like, really playing up her Australian accent or anything in this No, but it was there. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. So, we get a scene with Rose and Daphne where she's trying on the muslin of her dress and is having... um, She's got... A mock-up of the of the Toussaint on her neck that's made out of safety pins, which is really cool. And she's having a breakdown because she thinks she looks fat and she doesn't think the necklace is working. And Rose has to talk her down from the ledge and you know just say, "You have the, the one of the most amazing necks that's ever yeah. been seen," <laughs> and just you know plays to her vanity to convince her to just like chill the fuck out. And and she does in with like dramatic size and so everything is going according to plan as far as anyone knows Mm -hmm. um they have figured out that so the guys who run security for the met uh, (laughs) are like this kid who runs it for his dad's company and is like a total like snot-nosed little like punk like, I know what I'm doing, and I'm smarter than all of you, and I won't listen to anything, which is useful yeah, for the ocean crew. Very. Um, and um, they have they think they've got everything down, and so no one notices that that Nineball has hacked into the cameras, and is mm-hmm. very slowly moving one camera inch by inch until there is a, a blind spot long enough for Constance to swap out the necklace out because the, the only place that there's no cameras in the Met is the bathroom the women's bathroom because well the men's too I'm guessing because right, there's a state law that it's a privacy violation to have a bathroom it, um, wait so the okay I gotta go back to the security guy because it occurs to me one of the funny things that he says is that they're not super worried about because they don't hang art in the bathroom <laughs> they don't have Yes. The other thing is that um, one of the things that the Ocean's crew does in the beginning where they're like messing with stuff and and I don't even remember why 
is that they yeah so they could listen in on that oh okay it was because they they want to get them them to to change yeah they want them to keep their security so that no one will notice if it's changed a little bit more yeah so in order to make it look like their security is not very good they swap out a painting with a fake banksy no they they just add the banksy Oh, okay. Or the fake Banksy. Okay. They don't take anything away. Okay. It's like just That's next true. to um, the Washington crossing the Delaware, and it's a well, smaller, miniaturized, but all gender based. So it's all women. Yeah. So they swap in a fake Banksy, and they, I mean, I guess it might be a real Banksy that they've made a copy of, but I don't know. Thanks. We're calling up. But um, uh, then at the meeting where the Met guys are complaining about how they pay for this incredibly good security and the, the punk kid is like, well, we're more concerned about people taking things out than bringing things in. Uh, and they just like, like, look at him like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. As a result of this lack of security, they're making a bunch of changes to the security in advance of the gala. Of the gala. Sorry. And, um, and so no one notices that, that nine ball is also making some changes to security. So there's a, a blind spot in front of them bathroom but it's not a big enough blind spot for Constance to get out of the bathroom the necklace and hand it off to anyone so you need to make a bigger blind spot so over the course of 12 days nine ball moves the camera like a couple inches a day if that like it might be like millimeters centimeters notice to create this blind spot yeah Um, i it it breaks my heart but it's so funny how she hacks in to figure out the cameras she like spoofs a a website about um this guy's favorite dog breed and so he's like oh and then she can remotely access his desktop and and she even feels bad about it she's like oh you you poor guy yeah yeah so we we get that then what's next it's the time for the gala yeah uh tammy brings them dresses she brings garment bags um and i didn't notice it the first time but uh nine ball like takes the dress and she's just like looking at the bag and then she just like throws it over her no she's like dragging on the ground as she like locks out of frame it's great one of the the, it's if you like girls it is worth it to see this movie just to see Rihanna in the dress. Oh my god. This is one of the times when I made an involuntary noise. You really did. <laughs> she camera pinned up on her body in this dress and I was like ah. Yeah, it's yeah. Yeah, even so, if you're like mostly straight, you're going to worth the price of admission. Have a visceral reaction. It's yeah. <laughs> that's an 11 dollar shot yes just her body is incredible um everybody looks fantastic but just special props to my girl rihanna for looking outrageous yeah um but first so uh they're dressing daphne for yeah. the event and they've brought the uh the necklace that just not um it has two bodyguards one of whom is uh used to work for the vatican and as Tammy says, as you know, they've never lost a Pope. Mm-hmm. And uh, the ex one is ex Mossad. And yeah. so basically they're just hired assassins. And there, there are Elliot's. Um, 
I thought it was interesting. But not our Elliots. Not our Elliots, but they're the, basically the, the bad Elliots. Um, they're the Quins of, of this movie. We don't have anybody who could beat anybody up in this movie. I think it's weird. Um, I feel like Constance could beat Maybe. She's, she's scrappy. Anyway. I think Constance is more like a cut and run kind of person. We don't have a we don't have that person. Yeah, that's okay. We don't always role. we obviously didn't uh, need them in this in this at all. Okay, so they're dressing Daphne and they're going to they bring out the necklace and they they put it on and she has like a an experience with this necklace. Yeah, and <laughs> they go to take it off again so she can get dressed and one of the bodyguards says, "Oh, I have to take it off for you because it." needs this special magnet and rose is like the f- what what oh you, gosh um uh that's not good um so she asked to see it again because it was so neat and, and she, she takes it yeah, yeah she records it with her phone and sends it to lou yeah i think it was to lou and uh so we've got to figure out how we can figure out what kind of yeah magnet this is and how we can fix it so nine ball calls up her sister yeah <laughs> like a kid she's like 13 yeah. and um than rihanna which is worrisome because i think rihanna is like a very small human being mm-hmm. yeah at, with, later at the end they hug and she's like much 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 smaller than rihanna and i'm like George, you might be an actual child. Yeah, I think she might be. Uh, and she, on her way to meet them, like on the subway, is figuring out the type of battery or type of magnet this is and figuring out a device that they can use for it. And then yeah. she meets them uh, in their catering truck or whatever they're driving. And there's like, they have a couple different trucks. So that one that they're in, and then they're they parked outside truck. of the Met, and they're in like a, a shawarma truck. Yeah, they're in a shawarma truck. Yeah, a halal and, shawarma. Truck. Yeah. Um, in my neighborhood, we have halal taco trucks because that is the neighborhood that I live in in Houston. Ooh. All right. Um, I live like in a nexus of um, just south of all the vegetarian Indian restaurants, and just east of Chinatown, and just west of all the pupusa restaurants, and. I didn't have, have a very large dinner and you were making me very hungry. More than one halal taco truck. And I just appreciate my name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of good food. Thanks, right Houston. There. Yes, that's true. For the purposes. Um, uh, so. Oh, yeah. And Lou's even forced to, like, serve someone. Yeah. Shawarma. <laughs> They're like, it's right there. She's like, we're closed. But then she goes into her job as the nutritionist. Um, and we get this red carpet uh, scene with like tons of real celebrities yeah. who are there. A huge and, number of real celebrities. Yeah, Rose is there with uh, Daphne. Uh, and I don't think everybody takes their designer with them, but since she's the host of the yeah. gala, I guess she 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 gets two dates. Um. The, the best part of this okay so well first of all i was concerned having seen rose's collection that daphne's dress was going to be truly terrible uh and it was not like as great as some met gala dresses. her dress was not great like 
it has a great good on Anne Hathaway, but it was yeah. not. It was not a great dress. dress. Uh, it had Anne a great Hathaway train. Has a great rack, and the dress <laughs> has a great cape on it. And so, like between the two of them, and the necklace, it was, and the necklace, it was fine. Yeah. yeah, but it was not like an outrageous <laughs> disaster, which is what I feared. But that Rose, great. Rose is wearing this like Betsy Johnson esque, mm-hmm. like she's wearing a wreath on her head, flower thing. Yeah, with a wreath that like stands up like a vertical floral. It's amazing. And sunglasses like bedazzled, like rhinestone sunglasses it's inside. Very looks like a thing that Helena Bonham Carter might have actually worn on the red carpet. Yeah, no, she was just like, well, I already had this. Like, if you don't want, if you want to save some money on um, the budget for costuming, I, I'm got it. I'm good. Um, yes, my favorite part of the entire red carpet scene is when uh, Heidi Klum realizes that she also likes women <laughs> when yeah. she sees Sandra Bullock, and they yeah. like bump into each other, and they they have this. Uh, conversation in german she's like oh and she'll and she's like oh I, uh i love your dress oh that's this don't tell anybody it's old and she's just yeah. like, kind of starstruck by this strange other german woman and she's yeah. just like oh she's so beautiful <laughs> which i was like yes um yeah the kardashians are in like almost every shot of the red carpet and i'm like oh there's another one but i couldn't decide if they were until I saw the credits, if they were real Kardashians or if they were <laughs> lookalikes. Uh, because that's local. how not human they look to me. Yeah. So. yeah. so, like, all of the Kardashians, uh, the Winklevi. They the were in it somewhere. Thing, yeah. I don't see them, but I don't know I don't, that I would actually know I don't, the Winklevi look. In. Exactly. I don't think I'd know what they look like. Uh, Olivia Munn. Yeah. Jamie King. Serena Jamie Williams. Nice because I love Jamie King. Yeah. So. Um, Common. Yeah. Yeah, there are a bunch of people. And then at their table. sitting next to Katie Holmes. Yeah, and Donatello Versace. Yeah. Um, and then, like, a Sikh man. And then Katie Holmes' date. And, like, another guy? Yeah. And... Did not bring Jamie Foxx. I know! Home. I was like... They were out as a couple at this point. Come on. Yeah. So. Or not Jackson. Either one would have been fine. (laughs) I know that she and Jamie Foxx are great. But now that Josh is single, I harbor some like (laughs) teenage romance. So everyone's at the Met Gala. Lots of legitimately famous real celebrities are in this as themselves. They sit down to dinner. There is our friend Claude Becker, and there is Lou making mm-hmm. sure all the plates are going out, expediting, and she puts a little bit of something in the soup, <laughs> she pulls out of her pocket, and it goes to uh, Daphne, who is starving, and eats her entire bowl of soup, which seems to concern Sarah Paulson very deeply. Yeah, she's like, oh, uh, she's like she's like halfway in or she says something Uh, i love their code words uh at one point when uh when claude becker like first meets daphne she says the ego has landed (laughs) yeah yeah 
Um, and then Daphne pretty quickly in the middle of like a very charming story about being in a curtsy standoff with the queen of England, which is, I think a reference to her princess diaries days. She is very quickly affected by whatever it was that Lou put in the soup. And she tries to maintain her composure, <laughs> but she is yeah. ultimately unable. The best part about that scene. And I, I think this is true of the way that Anne Hathaway plays this part the whole way through is that I, Anne Hathaway is playing this person that um, internet critics think that she is, which is like, she's telling this story that is obviously very rehearsed and that she knows is very charming and that she's playing for a very specific reaction. It's yeah. not super genuine. Um, but like, um, yeah. So I think like there's a very specific way that people on the internet hate on Anne Hathaway um, for not being genuine and for being like very rehearsed. Mm-hmm. And I think that she's very, very smartly playing Daphne as uh, the version of Daphne that we see being that person. Yeah. Um, even though, like, there is more to Daphne than Ooh. that. Yes, that's really true. Yeah, I totally agree. I was because very, at this point you're just like oh Daphne is like so obnoxious and you know she's just yeah. very vain and full of herself um, yeah yeah and she has to go a lot she's she got to go. run through the but she can only use one stall uh because Constance has gone in and locked every other one from the inside yeah uh, I like that she just she she goes in the first stall locks it and then immediately crawls under the next so like doesn't check to make sure no. there's anybody there just crawls right underneath um and then so while she's picking her guts out constance comes in and she uses the magnet to as she's like takes yeah. it off and then um they get a waiter to walk by right at the right time constance drops it on his tray and he continues on to the the kitchen to take these dirty dishes back to be washed but then he gets waylaid by one of his other waiter friends and they're talking about smoking a joint or something Uh, and that is slowing down their timetable because they've got to get rid of this necklace before Daphne comes out of the bathroom and it's you know missing missing. so So Sarah Paulson has to go or Tammy has to go yell at these guys which is you're not getting paid to stand around and chit chat yeah Uh, She's like she does her like best mom manager voice, exactly. um, and uh, so then Mindy gets the necklace mm-hmm. on the tray, uh, <laughs> and she's great because she's washing dishes and she's like, "Oh, I'll take it," and she pulls it out of the water, and she's like, "Bad rake," <laughs> yeah, because she's holding uh, she, like, fifty million dollars in her hands. Yeah, she like sprays it off the. the- yeah got like all of her jewelry stuff and then she pulls yeah, it open like belt down and she's yeah. got like all of her jewels and she just starts snipping apart this 150 million dollar necklace because she's gonna remake it into a bunch of different jewelry and she's yeah. like very so she just takes jewelry snippers and starts snipping through this necklace which like you know you know that it needs to happen but you're also like 
yeah no I was just like oh deep breaths deep breaths oh my god but she's good at her job um then Daphne comes out of the bathroom and she's like oh that was intense and the uh the bodyguards are outside oh because they want they wanted to go in after her but uh Debbie is standing there. She's like, uh, nine. Diamond toilet. Diamond toilet. Women's bathroom. Women's bathroom. Yeah, women's toilet. And uh, I love that Sandra Bullock got to speak in so much German. Yes. And um, her, so her mom was German. She was a, an opera singer who grew up in Germany. And so, like, <laughs> But so she won't let them go in. Um, and then they, when Daphne comes out, she, they, they rush in to see if it's there and it's not. And so they decide they have to, they have to do like a full lockdown. They've got to get everybody out so that they can sweep the whole place. And the, the guy from the Met is just like, we, you can't do this. This is like the biggest thing that happens here every year. Like $150 million necklace. We're going to do it. Yeah. We're so- going to do whatever we want. <laughs> shut the whole place down mm-hmm. which annoys olivia munn because she needs to pee yeah and diamonds this is all because of diamonds what like, yeah olivia munn diamonds are yeah. like a big freaking deal uh so they're wandering around everyone is going crazy wandering around trying to find this necklace and one of the guys uh the security guys the assassins goes into the kitchen and is like moving toward the bathroom where Mindy is trying to, Amira is trying to, to Amita. separate Amita. Sorry, is trying to separate out the necklace, and uh, uh, so Debbie is like, "You got to find the necklace right now." Um, and Sarah Paulson has it up her. Tammy has it up her dress, like in her garters. Yes, she pulls out uh, without the fake, the cubic zirconia one, mm-hmm. and uh, pretends to have found it in the water, the moat, um, or the pool, or whatever that is. Right. So everything's fine. Everyone gets to go back to the party. Everyone gets to go home. The necklace goes back to Cartier. Uh, the, the actual jewels get cut up and created into new pieces that are then amazingly slipped to each woman. Yes. To wear as earrings or yeah. rings or bracelets. There's this amazing montage of each one of them walking out in their party dresses wearing. Yes. Oh. Everyone looks so good, except for uh, Lou. We don't see right. Lou in a dress. Uh, so Lou is, uh, she's, we Lou see. Lou is in an amazing pantsuit, jumpsuit. Yes. Well, she's in, she's in the jumpsuit. She gets on her bike and leaves and then kind of catches up with Debbie. And then she's in this, like, velvet, velvet. Oh, yeah. So that, shoes and then she, hers is like the one in her cleavage which is amazing yeah the green velvet suit that she wears in that scene uh was shared a lot on the internet yes. that was like the first yeah onset picture and i think a lot of us were very much affected yeah by mm-hmm. that yeah. picture yeah uh, yeah also one of the so, pictures that came out was um rihanna and sandra bullock eating hot dogs and like sharing headphones and everyone was like are Sandy and Rihanna best friends now? And then it's actually a scene from the movie when they're listening in on that snot-nosed uh, security. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, they can be best friends. I think they, I'm sure they are. 
I I loved all of the press for this movie because everyone just talked about how much they loved Rion. <laughs> um, did you see the the interview with Kate Blanchett and Sarah Paulson with Hoda? Yes. Which was like, I think I sent it to you. Yes. It was amazing. And they like yeah. didn't talk about the movie at all. It was just so good. It's so good. But it was a little bit like, I don't know what to do with all of you. But she loved it. Like, she's just like, what's happening? Yeah, yeah, just when you're hyper and you're hanging out with your best friends and you're just like laughing and making no sense to anybody else but but Uh, y'all. Okay, back to the movie. So the the jewels are out. The fake is planted. Um, Debbie Ocean, known felon, has an alibi for the entire time. Mm -hmm. No one has seen them on video and they think they're good to go. Um, the guy at Cartier goes immediately upon picking up this necklace. <laughs> he says, Oh dear God. And he calls in Sterling. <laughs> but like but, the most opposite Sterling. But, but the altverse Sterling. <laughs> Like, you know, there's dark universe. This is the light universe. Sterling is the dark universe. In this universe, we're not in the darkest timeline. And James Corden is (laughs) our our insurance investigator. But he's very, he's very smart. And he's like on their trail. Yeah. Uh, But he's uh, a little frustrated because Debbie, his, who he would definitely suspect because he's put her dad away twice he yeah. put um danny away once he's basically he's family, family. Yeah. <laughs> loses uh you know she'd be his number one suspect but she is literally on camera not doing anything so um, he's talking to the security guys about why there's a big like, huge gap in the camera and uh, this big blind spot and the like, um He's talking to Daphne about where this necklace is, and he's talking to Sketchy Claude about what. Oh you my know, God, that's that scene was great. He's talking to the the waiter who is confessing, yeah. but is really confessing about smoking a joint. Um. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. so one of the two big twists at the end of the movie comes up, and I don't know if you want to spoil. Um, okay, so I feel like we spoiled everything else in the movie. I don't know. There are two more big, two more big twists. Yeah, yeah. Um, ah, fuck it, let's do it. Okay. Uh, if you don't want to be spoiled for the end of the movie, stop listening now, I guess. Yes. If you didn't want to be spoiled for the movie, you should have stopped, like, an hour ago. Uh, so, so, they are sitting around trying like whatever and uh Daphne walks in to their lair and yeah. it's like yeah and they're like um, their faces before you see her their reactions are so good yeah because they don't know that she they think that she's this flighty full of herself rube. yeah mm-hmm and uh, then we get a leverage flashback of what was actually happening the whole time, uh, which is that Daphne is quite bright, actually, and figured out pretty early on that something was going on because um, 
Rose is a terrible actress and was obviously lying about her having one of the greatest necks in Hollywood. <laughs> it was like taking sketchy cell phone videos of the necklace. And um, yeah. So she's like, um, I have been covering for you with the insurance guy, but like, you need to let me in on this. Yeah. I wondered, like, I, I want to know. I think that was like my only plot hole was how did how did Debbie realize that she was right. onto them and, and how did she get in touch with Debbie and Lou? Right. Debbie and Lou had her, that's how she found the hideout. Debbie and Lou had her yeah. in looped yeah. in earlier than everyone else knew. Um, the best part of that is that they're like, why are you doing this? And she's like, I don't know. I'm friends and I'm kind of lonely. Um, and she's like, and book clubs are the worst. Yeah. And she's, like, so vulnerable and, like, honest and wry and so the opposite of the Daphne that we've been seeing. And that's when I was like, mm, she's been playing this. Yeah. It's so specific. Um, and the character is so built on what people think of her. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. It's a great, like, rip the rug out from under you. Um, they're going to plant one of the jewels on... Claude mm -hmm. to implicate him in this theft. And because they've been selling the other jewels. They're selling the other jewels. Via a bunch of older oh, actresses. Yeah. Which is great. And those are like a lot of um, very women. Older who, women. Yeah. And you know all of these women. They've, you mm -hmm. know, okay. women's. Uh, so Marlo Thomas. Okay. okay. Uh, then Dana Ivey uh, played Diana. Uh, and she's the one I wanted to know. Oh, she's in two weeks' notice. She plays Sandra Bullock's mom. Okay. Yes. Um, okay. And then we have Mary Louise Wilson plays Marlene or Marlena. I like to say Marlena because I watched Days of Our Lives for many of my formative years. Um, yeah. And then um, Elizabeth Ashley is Ethel why debbie was in prison so right so claude basically this is what i was going to say claude basically like used her um in a scam to sell people painting fake anyway he he sent her to prison because she was she trusted him too much um and he got her caught and threw her under the bus mm -hmm. and um so she is going to take revenge by sending him to prison by implicating yes. him so um, I found all of the names of those women. Okay. So yeah, and you can go IMDb those people because yeah. my computer's being. Oh no, that when you see their faces. Yeah. Okay. So this, I'm not sure how they were planning to plant the jewels before they got Daphne in on the plan, but they have her go over and make out with Claude or sleep with Claude, I guess. Yeah. Um, she definitely. Said that. They were they were making out. She knows he's, you know, a shyster, but um, mm -hmm. it seems that amenable. You can't get your groove on, like for sure, for sure. For sure. Yeah, um, we've all, it's very hot. We've also with some sketchy people. Um, <laughs> so we knew we had to get time. So she, um, she handcuffs him and goes and plants the um, jewels in a really obvious place in his closet, and then. Um, leaves early in the morning and he wakes up to the police coming um 
with the insurance investigator to um, arrest him for jewel theft. And he's like, I don't know where these came from. But then you re- he remembers that he thought that he saw Debbie at the um, at the Met Gala, and you can see his wheels turning. Yeah. Um, so he's going away. This is all great. <laughs> Everything is wonderful, except um, they've sold they, all the jewels and or given them away, them. and all the money is in Claude's. Uh, bank account because they sold them and transferred all the funds to him right so, so now where's their payout where's their payout um which is is time for the last big twist where uh lou and debbie open a vault a fridge yeah i was like refrigerator, <laughs> a refrigerator <laughs> full of all of the crown jewels of europe which yeah. they have stolen from the met gala and then displayed on their beers <laughs> There's like some like yeah. around a beer. And I was like, oh, and so then good. you get a whole secondary leverage flashback about yeah. how they stole all of the crown jewels of Europe, which involved Mindy making a whole lot of replicas in the 3D printer and them getting the what guy. Did she from- say she's like, I felt like I worked at Kinko's. Xiaobo <laughs> <laughs> Chin or Yen. His name is Yen. The best okay. part of the Oceans movies is Yen. Yeah. And how everybody understands Chinese. Yeah. Yen Yen shows up to do this job for them, wherein he gets like over the moat and through the laser security and takes all of the um, real jewels off of these like mannequins that they have them hunk suspended over a moat. And then they, he puts them in like a plastic bag and attaches them to the remote controlled boat that you have forgotten about that we yes lost. And, and everybody in the theater both times was like oh my god yeah and he replaces them with the paste copies that they the zirconium copies that they've 3d printed um which is why there's not been a big hullabaloo mm-hmm. so are that the all of the european royal jewels crown jewels have been stolen yeah um and so they've, yeah, they've got them in a refrigerator. So then it brings everyone's cut to like 23 million a piece or something. And they ask like, what if someone had walked in while you were doing it? And they're like, oh, someone did. And so, you know, Debbie has come out and she's yelling in German about she can't find her husband. And he gets, he gets He's disoriented lost. late at night. He put his shoes in the freezer. Yeshua. Oh, um, so great. So it's good. Yeah, it's good. Uh, we love that leverage style flashback. Um, uh-huh. And uh, uh, so then everyone has money and everyone gets to go off and do whatever they're going to do with money, which is that. Um, so Constance at one point had taught <laughs> Mindy's character how to use Tinder. So then you see Mindy <laughs> on a date in Paris with the cute guy from Tinder. Because he has kind eyes. He looks He's kind of. Um, and uh Constance has like her own very expensive pad which she's just like skateboarding around and like she's like hey YouTube check out my new crib yeah. I'm on the co-op board <laughs> yeah yeah it's really good Debbie um well so Lou is riding a motorcycle up and down the Pacific Coast Highway um as the gayest thing that you could ever do with your yeah. $23 million. um Tammy and has a warehouse. Tammy's warehouse. 
and is still talking like, to her kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's on the phone with her kids, fencing stolen goods on a large scale. Um, Nine Ball has uh, her own um, bar and pool. Uh, yes. Pool house? Pool. Hall. 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 Thank you. Hall. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, pool hall called Nine Balls. Yeah. And she looks so happy uh, to play, be playing some pool with no bra. Um, yeah, really not <laughs> a bra. That is a scene that might also make you, dear listeners, feel some kind of gay. Uh, anyway, everyone has their happy life going on. Oh, and Debbie. Daphne is directing a movie. Yeah. And she's disappointed in her lead actress, who's just not doing very well. And then, yeah, that takes us to Debbie. And Rose, oh, Rose is a. Uh, oh, not yeah. Rose has oh. her own shop on mm-hmm. like Fifth Avenue and she's selling ugly, whack, ridiculous clothes, including the necklace made out of safety pins, which is actually pretty cool. But yeah, I, uh, I was like, I would wear that. Yeah. I might try to make one. She's got her passport back. She's allowed back into the United States. She probably has a couple more yachts. Yeah. She's not good with money. <laughs> she's very not good at money. I love that like one of the first the first scene that we have with Rose, she is crying and eating Nutella out of the jar. Yeah. Because we've all been there. Mm-hmm. Um and then we have Debbie. We don't know what Debbie's gonna do with all her money. Like honestly, I don't think she cares about the money. She yeah. just wanted to pull the job yeah. and she wanted to get revenge on Claude and no one blames her. So she has yeah. she's back at the mausoleum she, uh, is a callback to the end of oceans 11 when danny comes out of prison and he's wearing his uh, the tux with the bow tie open and she sits down and pulls out a martini glass a shaker and, and a little jar with olives and olives yeah. in it for her this diy martini yeah and she you know just has this moment where she pours the martini and she says you would have loved it and she takes a sip and i i loved that ending but also i was like i was just waiting for you to hear like footsteps behind her and Danny, but it's not but it was good it was good it was good yeah so i love this i thought i mean it was exactly what i wanted it to be yeah i laughed and i gasped and and things surprised me and um, yeah yeah i thought it was amazing I want was, I want more <laughs> and and shiny and uh it was a great heist flick. Yeah. Great heist flick that you didn't have to wade through like eight layers of casual misogyny to get to the great heist. Yeah. And nobody like heard or fought with each other. No. Which in yeah. the the first three the the only two characters to do are the brothers. Um but like that's their whole thing is that they bicker the whole time, which is kind of funny, but then gets very tired. Also, a lot of like when men make movies about groups of women, there's always like infighting that's mm-hmm. happening. It's stereotypical. And all of these women are just like, yeah, we're on board. Let's make the money. Yeah. Um, we're working together. We're, yeah. I also think maybe Debbie and Tammy had a thing at one point. Yeah. I think Debbie probably slept. With she them. very close talked. She's like, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you what the, what the job is and she like whispers in her ear yeah. um and anytime someone eats a lollipop from another person i think there's a lot of yeah meaning yeah. symbolism behind it 
But yes, no, I would like eight more of these mm-hmm. um, yeah. and they can add more women every time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, originally, Jennifer Lawrence was supposed to play, was supposed to play Daphne Kruger. Okay. And I'm really happy that they went with Anne Hathaway because yeah, I think it was a, a she was perfect. And Damian Lewis was going to be Claude Becker. And then uh, at the very last minute, Richard Armitage uh, to, to pull the con on him. Right. Um, whereas Richard Armitage was just pretty. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's Thorn Oakenshield. Um, yeah. So, well, I think, so I know, again, unpopular opinion, but like, I don't think Jennifer Lawrence has the, I've never seen Winter's Bone, but I have seen a lot of Jennifer Lawrence movies. And I don't think she has the range necessarily to do the sort of interesting stuff with the part. Because that part could have been a lot flatter than it was. It, it really could have. And I don't know if we've really seen Jennifer Lawrence do like like a lighthearted comedy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and I think that this needed a lot of really good comic timing, which and Hathaway like that is what she like, you know, cut her teeth on when she was a kid. Yeah. Uh, and I, yeah, I think that, and like some of like the physical gags, like with her, like trying not to throw up and she, she's great. Cause she like her eyes water immediately. Like it's so good. I also just think like Anne Hathaway's like 10 years older than Jennifer Lawrence. Right. And so there's a certain amount of like self-awareness and self-deprecation that comes along. And also, like, whatever the opposite of self, like, she's she is confident enough in herself to like make fun of people who are making fun of her. And I feel like that comes with just having been around Hollywood a long time, and like, yeah, having gotten past the "why are you so mean to me" phase into the like "fuck you guys" phase. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, kind of what you were saying about um, Anne Hathaway playing the internet's idea of her um and like having that really practiced rehearsed story that she knows like all the beats of that she knows is like where people are gonna laugh um reminded me of uh, i was reading portions of this interview with natalie portman where she talked about because you know she was successful at a really young age and she almost immediately had men just being like completely disgusting and creepy to her and so she you know, she has, she was saying that she's got this reputation of being kind of cold and standoffish, and she had to develop that persona really early on to protect herself. And she's like, I don't have time, like, I'm here to do my job. And I don't have time to be like, like, playing at being sweet and innocent. And like, you can, and vulnerable, like you can take advantage of me. So she had to like, have this hard shell. And I don't think um, a lot of young actresses are able to do that. Right. And I, and people pounce on it if you can't, you know, like, oh, I'm, I'm likable, I'm likable. And then people are like, you're too likable. And now you're fake and I hate you. What there's that story. About Both that, of them are heartbreaking. That story about that director who like decided that he was in love with it with Natalie Portman. So he like left his wife and was like, I'm in love with Natalie Portman and went to Natalie Portman. And she was like, I'm in love with my husband. <laughs> Perhaps you should have consulted me before you left your wife because you're in love with me. We've exchanged three emails. Oh my God. I didn't know that. 
Aww. That's like the guy who tried to kill Reagan for Jodie Foster. Like, what? Somebody really famous, though. It's like Damien Lindelof or something. Like, it's somebody super famous who was like, <laughs> like had like a three email exchange with Natalie Portman and then went to his wife and was like, I have to leave you in love with Natalie Portman. <laughs> well, I mean, yes. If you're, even if the other person does not right return your love if you are actively in love with somebody else you should not be with the person you're with maybe but that doesn't mean that other person has any obligation to then leave their spouse for you what is wrong with you apparently one of the necklaces uh that they steal from the the royal exhibit is and i can't i think it's the one that like goes it's like goes across and then it has like comes down on the sides like by the shoulders uh was like this really infamous infamous necklace um that marie antoinette wore mm. and it was actually uh it was um commissioned by henry the 15th who was her father-in-law for his mistress um madame uh, dubarry dubarry however you say her name yeah. um but it was there's lots of blackmail and fraud involved with this necklace. And it was kind of one of the tipping points uh, for the French Revolution. It was kind of this like emblem of look how much they have, look right. how little the people have. And um, yeah, there was just like another example of how they were, uh, you know, being horrible Very monarchs well. and how they should yeah. be overthrown. And so I thought that was really interesting. All right. But yes. Okay. So that was our review of oceans eight and we loved it give us more yes we liked it please please sir may have another next time you hear us we'll be talking about season two of leverage yeah okay all right bye everybody Bye. bye